We have a very special guest today, Dr. Teresa Chang. She is an emergency and critical care specialist, and she was one of my mentors for many years. So, so grateful to have you. Thanks for inviting me, Dr. Lopez. One thing I've always wanted to know, what were your biggest saves, Dr. Chang? Do you have like a couple of cases that whenever things get really rough and you're like, oh, we're never going to make it through this, that you kind of think of and you're like, well, that one made it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think, as you know, in our profession, you kind of have to hang on to those because you don't, you won't always win. So (laughs) you kind of have to remember the days you do win to get you through the hard days right so yeah yeah like when I you think, feel like hope is lost yeah what do you think of what do I think of <laughs> there there are a number of memorable cases that span basically my career so from my residency for sure my first case off the ventilator it's super memorable it was a hit by a car so it was a young dog so we had our stars aligned my first lepto case that needed peritoneal dialysis also as a resident and he was in hospital for like three weeks so you get super super bonded as the primary caregiver for three weeks right you're always pulling for that little guy and so yeah he made it I remember his name Ned he was a little Jack Russell that would bite your face off um unless he really knew you so he would only let a few people touch him so that was uh that was memorable and in the end I had uh the technicians maybe this like huge sash that said Ned Savior and I was like oh my god it was made out of duct tape right so it was totally MacGyver but it was it was very appreciated and then and Venus was another one. He jumped into a, a tub that was full of hot water. He's a little daxy, oh. so he like scalded his whole body entirely. And so he was in hospital also for like four, six weeks just for skin management. So he was there for oh a long time as well. Yeah, like infections, mm-hmm. ear amputations, like his pinnas had to be resected and that was memorable. But yeah, even recently for Ken West, like honestly for me, any case that makes it off the vent is entirely memorable just because they're... Oh already you're just like oh you know you're, you're keeping them alive basically yeah, yeah exactly just hoping that their body does it right exactly yeah other than neuro cases i haven't witnessed that many respiratory cases actually get off yeah that's what mm-hmm. i think makes it memorable for me is that you're right even if you get them on it's hard to get them off so when they do make it off you're just like oh my gosh <laughs> you know it's a team effort i will say obviously right no one person can do it it's an entire 24 7 endeavor that everyone has to be invested into yeah people don't realize that a patient on the vent requires a special room with a special team sitting there basically on watch every single second like every single single second exactly yeah the patient stays alive yeah yeah it's crazy yeah it's been so inspiring to watch you guys and all of the amazing things that you do it's just like it's it's a huge team effort i applaud my team of which of course you know instrumental uh, part that you played as well yeah that was an amazing place to work for sure about the scalding thing actually um when i was a kid my cat frosty fell in a scalding bathtub my mom had five kids and was like super busy all the time and like the one time she ever went to like draw a hot bath like had just put all the kids to bed and then heard this like loud screaming and i had a kitten that used to come and hang out with me on the edge of the bath when i was taking baths oh yep yep and fell in the bathtub and she got really badly burned yeah like sloughing of the back legs I mean they got her out pretty quickly but yeah it was bad yeah it looks Um, exactly yeah I mean accidents happen but I was kind of thinking back on my worst ones ever 
And the thing that kind of struck me is that almost everything is preventable, right? So like you go through these major heroics trying to save these pets and all of our worst cases, right? Like all that probably added up to like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars that either like the owners or the insurance had to pay. But most people wouldn't be able to afford that if they didn't have insurance. And it's like, how can you save more pets? It's just preventing all of those situations from happening, especially with like the motor vehicle trauma one. We just live in a culture with this long history of keeping dogs off leash because that's how it's always been done. I think the more you work in emergency, you realize that they really need someone to hold their hand and, you know, keep them safe and keep them from running into traffic. Right, um, yeah. And yeah, as well as people can prevent, I still feel like it's, you know, those accidents still define accidents, you know, even in humans, right? It's the number one leading cause yeah. for young adults as well of death so i feel oh, really? yeah trauma uh, young adults yeah, like young adults, be, yeah. i think that for me that's what kind of defines accidents and uh, even though you want to prevent it as much as you can sometimes you know it just a slip of a leash or something right you just can't yeah um, or it, right. yeah it slips yeah. right or it breaks right or yeah whatever right. happens the fence mm-hmm. breaks or right yeah that's true well in the last couple of years i had a couple of motor vehicle traumas that were pretty bad they were like really close calls you saw them one got hit like 70 or 80k on the highway i i'm sure I, will, I think so yeah and yeah. then one got ran over with the front and the back wheel uh, <laughs> i can't, did they they did all right though right as i recall um, they both did fine then, yeah, yeah. it's crazy that's right yeah but i think the one i always think about where i like never want to give up on anybody was this cat in taos that these kids found in a field and they thought it was a dead skunk and they realized it was actually still alive and it was actually a cat right and it was literally the gnarliest thing i've ever seen like it was so disgusting oh um, no. a really young cat like really young had been giving birth in a field and had a dystocia oh, and no. literally had just been left there for many days and you could yeah. tell um yeah. honestly they don't teach about maggots in vet school <laughs> never like had a maggot chapter. I think that's because like, you would quit if you did so <laughs> but that's one thing I realized when I was working in Taos I was like nobody talked about maggots and like this is like I'm seeing a lot of this right. um, but like just by the size like she'd been there for many days I opened her abdomen it's just like rotting garbage oh. literally everybody in the clinic was like throwing up opening all the windows and so I was basically just doing like, an emergency OHE and septic abdomen and like it was just like so disgusting like oh yeah like rotten abdomen and so we're just like irrigating irrigating and I'm just like does it still smell bad in there <laughs> Joel who was doing the anesthesia he's like I don't think anybody would ever be able to answer that like it smells so bad in here yeah. and I was just like okay okay, well, I think that's enough. And then I was closing and she actually died under anesthesia. Oh, no. Um, and I was like, no. <laughs> so, so we started doing CPR and then it went on and on and on and on. Pretty much like a half hour later, it had just become like an exercise, you know? Yeah. And then like all of a sudden, the pulse ox, which was like only beeping when we were doing compressions, it all of a sudden just came alive. We didn't have a capnograph there. Right, okay. So uh, it just like came alive and I was like, oh my God, like her heart is beating again. Over the next several months, it was pretty much starting from the bottom, just even getting her extubated. And this was just like in a little clinic. We didn't have support or anything, but she eventually learned how to like swallow and walk again. That's incredible. And she was like really blind. Yeah. And would kind of go in circles and stuff. Right. But she regained everything and then eventually was like normal. Whenever I'm doing CPR, I always remember that case. I'm just like, that's an incredible that was, case. That was full 30 minutes in and yeah. she came back and made a full recovery. And um, who has her now? Is she. 
Because she was yeah, a story, my, I presume. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually crazy that my boss even let me. He wasn't even there that day. So that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he wasn't there that day. So that's why I got away with it. Because, <laughs> like, who's going to let you pour that kind of resources into a yeah. homeless cat, right? Right. Nobody with an actual management would ever be able to do something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah his friend was a really amazing artist and she had some other cats like some amputee cats in like a little courtyard and she was home a lot doing art so we adopted her out to her and yeah she sent me some photos um there was a photo where she had actually caught a butterfly which was oh, like wow. so amazing for this yeah. cat that literally had gone from being totally well dead. disabled <laughs> yeah yeah, <I'm> dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um so she ended up having like the best little life and it was so cute um but she was black and white and where we shaved the abdomen you hear like these weird stories about this stuff but it, i have this one was true where we shaved the abdomen she was black and white wherever it was black it actually grew back really like gray oh yeah that's weird it, isn't that crazy yeah <laughs> but anyway we gotta ask you this one what's your best advice for pet owners Oh, there's so many. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I yeah. would say very similar to any big purchase. I, I look at a, a pet as being a, a big purchase, a big addition to the family. So even starting with research in terms of what is your situation and what breed suits that situation is probably the first thing. And then once that's known, then to look at the breeds and to know what their medical issues are and what they're predisposed to and see if you're okay with that. So you're at least informed and aware of what to be looking out for them as they develop. And then finally, I think for almost all my clients, subset, I would say once you're at that step of getting that pet, then get insurance like day one get insurance because it certainly can make or break a case and we've seen that all the time with the cases that we deal with yeah a septic abdomen right if they swallow a toy and it ends up perforating yeah the surgery and hospitalization to take care of those if they're oh, absolutely really bad yeah yeah those are what like close to ten thousand dollars oh easy yeah for. yeah it depends on how sick they are but you know we're quoting in excess like upwards of ten thousand and so unless and we do have a few clients subset that you know dropping that kind of money doesn't really matter for them and that's that's great but i think There's for the one percent <laughs> the one percent exactly for the vast majority of the clients we deal with that's not possible it's not possible for me like i, I would be able to do that so no, i have insurance either. on my pets right and so definitely pet insurance is super helpful personalities are so different so i love the fact that there are so many different pet personalities dogs cats little pets birds mm -hmm. so i don't really have a particular advice for you know what's the best breed or what's the best animal i, I don't really have that because i think it's all driven by personality all of my pets that I've had I've always they've come from the SBCA or like a rescue or something like that so like pets that need homes I would advocate for but other yeah. than that I don't have a problem with really loving a particular breed and doing your research doing your due diligence getting a yeah. really good breeder and getting that breed right I think there are uh, many yeah. fine attributes of the breeds of dogs that are out there or cats yeah. that are out there cool <laughs>